This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 135-inch. On this week's episode, Ethan digs into his former radio show's archive and plays his first interview with Ruben Valtiera from June 2011. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch well, hey, Dave. Welcome to episode 135-inch. Thank you, Ethan. You too. Now, obviously, since last week's episode, there has been a very special holiday. Oh, that's right. Yes, so last Friday was Record Store Day, and it featured a brand new Weird Al release. Now, Dave, did you have any luck picking up the brand new Record Store Day exclusive 12-inch maxi single featuring Weird Al? I did, I did. And as you know, the Record Store Day exclusive release for the 12-inch Beat on the Brat single featured not only three Weird Al songs, including the album version of Beat on the Brat, but also two live tracks recorded on the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised Vanity Tour way back in 2018, as well as some additional Ramones cover tracks from Osaka Popstar. I'm so glad you got one, Dave. I got one too, and... You know, it wasn't quite as special of a day because we weren't together in our battle stations. It really wasn't as hectic, you know, as when we were tracking down the three-inch Beat on the Brat vinyl, as we chronicled on episode 116-inch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we still spreadsheeted everything, of course, because, you know, that's what we do. But, you know, I did notice that there were less stores that actually had the 12-inch vinyl this time. Or at least, you know, there were less stores that put it for sale online. Yeah, I guess for some reason, this 12-inch maxi single was just a little bit harder to track down. We heard from a couple of our friends and listeners that they were having trouble finding it. Despite there was apparently more of the 12-inch maxi single released than that 3-inch vinyl single. Yeah, well, supposedly. I mean, we know the 3-inch vinyl had a run of 1,500, and we've seen, you know, different numbers for the 12-inch. Namely, we've seen 2,500 and 3,000. And there was even one website that said only 1,000 were produced. But, you know, either way, it was still a pretty big run. So it was a little odd that it was so difficult for us to track down copies of this. Well, regardless of how many are out there, it seems like the scalpers aren't going too crazy on this one. So hopefully all of our listeners are able to track down a copy for themselves. Yeah, I know a few people have already posted their pictures of the single over on our group, group.2000inch.com. So if you want to join in on the fun, head on over to group.2000inch.com and share your record store day pictures and your record store day experience with us. Oh, and speaking of, you know, last week, Dave, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, my Thanksgiving was great. I actually spent it with the family. We had a really good dinner and a really good time. How was your Thanksgiving, Ethan? I also had a great day. We had some tofurkey. We had some pie. It was a great day. And, and, you know, we had four different kinds of pie. So I tried a taste of each of them. And I I gave my definitive ranking to the family. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I wish you were there and I wish it was recorded. But I did rank apple pie as the number one pie at my Thanksgiving dinner. Ooh, good choice. I actually ranked pumpkin pie as my number one pie at my Thanksgiving dinner. So we'll have, we'll have to maybe do a secret episode where we taste different pies and different cakes and stuff and we rank them all. 
<laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> well, last week was Thanksgiving and Black Friday and Record Store Day. And this week in Weird Al-related news, I wanted to mention Weird Al's Instagram post that went viral on Thanksgiving. Oh, that was such a great post. All right, so if you look at the picture, it appears that Al and his family spent the holiday in New York City. And if you look really closely in the picture that Al posted, you can see behind him a giant Funko Baby Yoda balloon from the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. What a fun way to spend Thanksgiving. I think that was a great idea. They got to see the whole parade right from there. Dave, when I showed up at my mom's house for Thanksgiving, the parade was on. And I had seen Al's post, so I was like, I was excited. I was looking for Baby Yoda, and I didn't see it anywhere. And that's when we realized that my mom had put on the 2019 Thanksgiving Day Parade. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, man, this seems outdated. Nobody's wearing a mask. Like, it was very weird. (laughs) She just found some video on YouTube and put play. (laughs) Oh, jeez, wow. How do you even do that? (laughs) I I don't know. Did she save it on her DVR from 2019? What what is going on? (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Well, Ethan, it is the season. What are you thankful for? Well, I'm thankful that this past Friday, Black and White and Weird All Over Friday, episode 9 centimeter, chapter 6, Living with a Hernia video shoot of our Black and White and Weird All Over bonus episode series dropped exclusively for our Patreon family. Now, this is, of course, our book series where we sit down with the author John Bermuda Schwartz and we go picture by picture through his book, Black and White and Weird All Over, The Lost Photographs of Weird Al Yankovic, 1983 through 1986. And remember, our Patreon family get to hear all bonus episodes early, so that will be the only way you can hear bonus episode 9 centimeter. Well, the only way until we release it to the general cheapskate public. So don't be a cheapskate and head on over to patreon.com slash 2000 inch to check out that episode and our entire back catalog of secret episodes, as well as all the other fun stuff that we've posted. Dave, isn't that the last chapter in the book? That is the last chapter in the book, but we will have another episode with Bermuda coming up to kind of sum up the rest of the book and, you know, give his overall impressions on the book. I cannot wait for that. Now, speaking of Thanksgiving last week, Dave... Who carved the annual holiday burrito burrito at your celebration? Well, it's traditionally my mom carves it, but I think this year my mom had a little help with it from my aunt. So this week's episode is brought to you in part by vegan burrito restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped-in-a-quesadilla Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito, or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering, loaded, dare I say beefy, vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world plant-based Real food, always vegan style. Visit burritosquared.com and wizardburger.com to order ahead. Mmm, Burrito Burrito makes a delicious Thanksgiving feast. Well, for nearly eight years, Ethan hosted an interview radio show called Alternative to Sleeping with Ethan Allman on WCDB 90.9 FM and Comedy Pipe Internet Radio. Yes, I started Alternative to Sleeping back when I was in college, and I interviewed everyone from Jimmy Fallon to Weird Al to Lewis Black to just random people who were local comedians at the time. So there was a real wide range of people I had on the show, but... My absolute favorite people to interview were, of course, people from the Weird Al universe. 
Well, those interviews have been sitting in Ethan's archives since 2011, and unless you were listening to Alternative to Sleeping with Ethan Ullman back in 2011, or you're a time traveler or you have a time machine, you probably haven't heard them before. So we thought we'd try something fresh and original this week and play one of those interviews. All right, so Ethan, I know you've interviewed each band member and even Al himself during your run of Alternative to Sleeping. What would be a good one for us to start with? Well, this didn't come first chronologically. I think this would be a great one to start with. My first ever interview with Ruben Valtiera. Oh, that's a great idea. Ah, Ruben Valtiera, the keyboard player with Weird Al since like 1991. He's still the new guy in the band, but you know, he's <laughs> he's a great choice. Yeah. I'd love to hear that interview. Yeah, so this was, you know, back in 2011 and I hadn't ever met Ruben, I don't think. So I didn't really know much about him or his personality and I, I really didn't know what to expect, but I was blown away at how wacky and funny he was. So it was a lot of fun. And I especially want to play this interview first because it features a mention of a certain tattooed Weird Al super fan. Let's see if you can guess who that may be. Okay, I have a few guesses of who that might be. All right, go on. (laughs) (laughs) So this interview with Ruben, it's from June 14th, 2011. And this was just before the release of the Alpocalypse album. All right, now keep in mind that this interview is from 2011. And Ethan, you and I were still eight years away from recording together. So I'm not actually in this one. Though I really wish I was there to record it with you. So there may be references to things in there that were going on specific to that time, but for historical accuracy, we will play the entire interview unedited as it originally aired. All right, Ethan, I'm ready. Let's take a listen. You're listening to Alternative to Sleeping with Ethan Allman, the special Weird Al tribute of Alternative to Sleeping with Ethan Allman. And we've got a very special guest on the phone, uh, keyboardist for Weird Al, Ruben Valtiera. Did I say it right? It's perfect. Really? It's perfect. I love you. Marry me. <laughs> well, we did spend at least five minutes uh, discussing it off the air. Yes, we so. did. Yes, we did. <laughs> but, yes, uh, we did. But you got it right, I, and, uh, you know, everything's <laughs> great. Right, Destin? Yeah, that's right. And uh, to the listeners, uh, they just think I'm, I'm a great um, pronouncer. Uh, they Is that Ethan or Ethan? It's Ethan. Ah, uh, okay. Now I got it. Now we're, now we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> what about my last name? Do you know my last name? Uh, let's see. I have to, no. I forget. It's it's Almond. Almond. Yeah. Ethan Almond. That's right. That sounds like a candy bar. You know, it could be. It's not Almond. You know? It's not like the Tracy. nut. It's it's U L L like Tracy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I see. And you say my name wrong, and it's a sandwich. You know, if if we say each other's names wrong, then we're we're just a pairing of food. If we say if we keep going along this uh, line, then we're wasting everybody's time. But they probably are already uh, shut off by now. Well, if they're listening to my show, uh, they're already wasting time. So uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll be fine with this. <laughs> well, cool. Well, I'm honored to be here, Ruben. I'm, I'm very honored to. That uh, you did you did it? See, you already did it. Ruben, you already called me Ruben. Ruben. Nah. Ruben. I'm hanging. I'm hanging up. Okay, Ruben. <laughs> I'm very honored to have you on on the show. No, nobody respects me. I I respect you a lot. I used to be, you know, I used to play Carnegie Hall. I used to be like <laughs> one of the up and coming Leonard Bernstein picks for uh, classical pianist. I used to have fame. I used to have fortune, and then I met Al. 
Well, I'm a very big fan of your uh, your your music, and uh, I'd oh, say music? I'd, I'd say you're you're probably my favorite keyboardist. Oh, come on. Yep. So, so obviously you got my check in the mail. <laughs> I haven't cashed it yet. I'm not completely sure it's it's legit, but. <laughs> It's all I can afford. Hey, I'm a musician. I'm an artist. Yeah, that's it. I'm an artist. Call this art? Oh my God. Ruben. Yes. All right, Ruben. Um, all right, so I want to ask you some questions. Um, that was like five minutes on my name. <laughs> and I'm sure okay. we'll, we'll talk about it again. I'm, I'm very sure. No, please, no, please, no. <laughs> all right. Uh, I want to skip to this question. So, um, the biggest Weird Al fan I know is Dan Rossi, and he has tattoos, caricatures of each band member, except for you. Does that hurt There's, your feelings? It, no, because the thing is, is, I've seen the tattoos, and I can only guess that there's only space for one more, and I think <laughs> I know where it is. So I will, will not, I will not have anything to do with this venture. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're not a little hurt. You're not a little hurt. No, because no, he asked me, and I said no. Oh, really? Yeah, because I'm I'm not kidding around. I've looked and I've seen his body and where the tattoos are. (laughs) I'm going. There's only space for one more, and people already call me that name. I don't have to have it like a visual of it. (laughs) Wait a minute. I'm sorry. This is a family show. No, it is. That's right. I'm known as the adult portion of the. yeah, I'll show. So. Well, my show is not family. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. Maybe a very messed up family, but not family. All right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Then I'll, I'll hang out. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. So, um, tell me how you you uh, you got into the band. I fell on my head. Really? Yes. <laughs> and that was the audition process. You just have to sit on your head. I fell on my head. Okay, so I, 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 I'm, I'm a keyboardist that uh, has been playing, you know, um, for for uh, many years in uh, not top forty bands, but like bands like uh, Chick Corea's kind of bands, uh, fusion and heavy technical stuff, and a lot, a lot of soloing, a lot of chops. Okay. And I had a classical background, and I had a jazz background, and I was into jazz fusion and rock and stuff like that. And I get a call to, um, it says, Weird Al needs a keyboard player. But it wasn't really that. It was that Dr. Demento was having his 20th anniversary uh, show being taped, and Al's band was the rhythm section for it. Okay. But they, didn't have a, they didn't have a keyboardist. So somebody I know was in the horn, was in the orchestra, the horn, one of the horn players, and he recommended me. I I went, and it was uh, I was backing up all of uh, Doctor Demento's guests, playing the per, you know the guy that did the uh, Purple People Leader and Bobby Boris Pickett doing the monster. Okay. Nash. And and then Al has a bit. He's a, he's the star of the show. Yeah. And uh, I'm. I'm like asking the you know the guys. I'm asking uh, Jim West and Bermuda, who I just met that day. Um, so uh, where's your regular keyboardist? And they said, Well, Al doesn't really have a regular keyboardist. So I've been in town for about maybe a year in L.A. Yeah. And I go, Al doesn't have a regular keyboardist. 
And they go, no. And I say, cha-ching. <laughs> you know, well, hey, look, you know, it's like, you know, this was a chance. So, so I'm like, okay. So Al does a thing where um, he lowers the lights and has the keyboardist play some soft cocktail music. Well, we did that, and the keyboardist is supposed to start, you know, um, playing a little too much, and Al gives them a look, and the keyboardist stops, and then the keyboardist does it again, you know, plays too much, Al gives them a look, he stops. <laughs> it does it again, finally Al goes up, taps the guy on the shoulder, and pokes him in the eye, and the guy goes, Al, right. <laughs> so when it, when it came time for uh, when the taping came, we did the bit, and, and uh, you know, I started overplaying, so Al gives me a look, and I kind of stop and look around and look stupid. <laughs> And people are starting to laugh. And then we do it again. I stop and look around. Let's do it again. The next time, the last time, he comes up, taps me on the shoulder. Instead of me turning to him, I really patted. I, I waved him off. I pushed him away and kept going. <laughs> okay. he, did, he looked around and said, huh? Uh, and uh, he did it again. I, I pushed him away again. He finally got really mad at me <laughs> and turned me around and slammed me in the head with <laughs> doing the eye poke, whereupon, <laughs> instead of saying, ouch, I flew off a six-foot riser, dragging off with the Drayson curtains, smashed onto the floor. Oh they God. stopped production. Jay Levy, the manager and the, uh, the director of the show, stopped production. Everybody came running over and saying, oh, my God, Ruben, what? And they found me on the floor in the middle of a bunch of giant pillows that I had set up because oh. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to be Al's keyboardist. You wanted to make an impression. And I made an impression on my head pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's still there. <laughs> I haven't been insane since. Oh, and, man, so, uh, so that Al just hired you on the so spot? They looked at me and they looked at each other and they said, hmm. Uh, I, uh, we did this show, and uh, that was fun. And then I went off to France to uh, play in a super group in, uh, in Monte Carlo with like Stevie Wonder's people and Diana Ross's people. Oh, cool. This is what I was usually doing. I was playing yeah. this kind of stuff. And uh, I got a call from Steve J saying, Hey, uh, I, I got, you know, I listened to my answering uh, service. And uh, it was Steve J saying, Hey, we've got a. Uh, Al, uh, I'm the I'm the uh, I'm the best player with Al, and uh, he said he loves your stuff and he wants you to come on tour. So here's this number, and I'm like, like desperately trying to scratch it into the wall of the uh, phone booth in France. <laughs> I didn't have a pencil or anything. Oh, it's really it's really hard to make calls there and get yeah. retrieve calls. And uh, the next thing I know, that was the uh, beginning of the '92 tour, the Off the Deep End tour. And the thing is, is that uh, truth, you know, the truth be said, and I'm not kissing up, I'm just telling the truth. I've been playing with a lot of great artists. Um, this kind of music was not what I was, you know, it was like top 40-ish and, and whatever, and I wasn't, it wasn't my stuff. But I saw in rehearsal and I saw in performance how great Al really was, even though he's he's much more nervous back in those days and just more frenetic, you know. But I saw mm -hmm. it, and I saw his work ethic, and I saw the talent, and I saw the dedication, 
and I said, this is not, this is not just a gig that you do. And he thinks a lot. I really wanted to stick with town. Yeah. And I've had lots of offers from all sorts of different artists. Um, Tower Power, all, all sorts of people, you know. Um, and uh, I said no. Because I've, I've seen a lot of people go through these, you know, play with these artists for a couple of months or a year, and then and then something happens, and, right. and they go away or they get bored of this or that. Or the artist is like just a one-hit wonder for, you know, he's right. really great for like a couple of months. And I'm here playing with one of the great entertainers, great performers, and great artists. Yeah. I think I'm kissing up, but it's the truth. It is. Yeah, I you know? agree with you. It, you know, the, guy, the guy's a legend in his own time, and I'm I'm proud to be part of it. I don't think there are many other um, performers that you can really name that have remained great and relevant for as long as he has. Well, that's the thing. The thing is, is he's, he's got the work ethic because he just goes in, he won't stop working. But the thing is, is that he's got the genius in that he went in and created his own his own category, his own niche. And the genius thing about it is he will always have an audience. Yeah. Because he could get edgier, super edgy. He's got he's got that kind of he's got that mind. He's got that, that humor. He could do it. But the thing is is he found what works. He sticks with it. It is close to his heart. Yeah. So so he's not like like uh, you know, being false about it. But the stuff he comes up with, you know, it's it's what it is and you know, there's always a new audience. Yeah. And yet, he's such a great performer that he keeps the old audience. Yeah. So it's just bigger and bigger and bigger every time we go out. You know, so I'm, yeah. very, I'm very proud of it. So what do you think of that? How'd I do? I think you, you did great. Mm. Were you a fan of Al before you, uh, you know, performed with them and then joined the band? Well, I mean, I knew, I knew his material and stuff, and I still remember being with... Uh, Driving down to uh, to a concert somewhere, not not out, just one of my gigs, and uh, it was like a two-hour drive. And my friend pops in his cassette and says, "You gotta listen to this." And we heard uh, 3D and the polka medley and the whole thing, and it was just mm-hmm. it was funny. It was ridiculous. But if somebody had come up to me or somebody had turned to me at that moment and said, "By the way, you're going to be playing for." with this guy, this is the guy you're going to be playing with for 20 years <laughs> and on, I would have looked at him and said, you know, shut up. <laughs> Most ridiculous thing, just like stop wasting my time, because it was just like, no, I would, I would never, because I was I was doing more of a Herbie Hancock, stuff, salsa, mm-hmm. um, all sorts of stuff. You know, the, the Yellow Jackets, uh, uh, David Sanborn, that's the kind of stuff. My band always sounded like uh, what the David, uh, what the Letterman band used to sound like with Paul Schaefer like 20 years ago, doing all that really hip stuff. Yeah. And I would have never have thought that I was doing this. <laughs> but it's like, the guy's so great. I mean, come on. Because that's the thing. It's like, you can, uh, you can hope to be playing great music. And there, there is, you can play great music, but sometimes the leader is just the worst person in the world. Or doesn't have it together at all, mm-hmm. you know, and nothing is right, and you know, and 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 it's just like so. You you may love the music, but the rest of it, forget it. Um, and Al is is a great leader, a 
great, uh, you know, and he, he just treats us really great. So, I'm in heaven. Yeah. I love it. Now, what did they do for a keyboardist before you came along? They had they had some other uh, they had some other uh, guy who was more of a studio guy, and the uh, he didn't really want to uh, tour that much. He went off to uh, produce more stuff with um, I think uh, with Richie Blackmore from Purple and stuff like that. Oh, okay, uh, I think he was more of a stay at home guy. And you know the thing is, is Al Al started off kind of small, and the uh, and the uh, concerts were kind of crazy and frenetic, and just not as produced as they are obviously now. I mean, yeah, even I, I was at the uh, the Turning Stone show, and I the year before I was at the Watertown show, and even just in one year, the production value increased tr- tremendously, like the the um, the integrated. Projectors. That was amazing. Uh, th- yeah, and the thing is, is that uh, he actually just went out and upgraded the technology even more because we've been uh, talking to him about really upgrading to uh, uh, higher. Uh, he had like a special kind of server that was uh, very proprietary. You couldn't find this thing anywhere. It was okay. like a one of a kind thing, and so if it broke down, which you know when I mean first rehearsal, I think uh, FedEx came in and delivered the server, and as they got to the door, they dropped it. Oh, my God. (laughs) For the entire, entire, like, Australian tour a couple of years ago, the thing would just freeze. Oh, man. And and it's like time for Ruben to run out and, you know, prance around and look like an idiot. (laughs) He's going to do stall for time. Or that's why uh, I would do things like radio, radio. You know, everybody knows that when he does radio, radio, it's because there's a problem. I mean, that's that's the funny thing about uh, connectivity and, and YouTube and everything. It's like the concerts aren't really a surprise anymore. It's the weirdest thing. It's like what uh, Bruce Springsteen said. It's so weird to be um, playing in front of people, but they're not looking at you. They're all looking at their cell phones. And yeah. filming it, yeah, and and so so the thing is, is that the, our concerts aren't a mystery anymore because everybody's out there with their cell phones, right? You know, filming it, and then they go home and they upload it on on YouTube. So everybody knows that you know when we play radio, radio it means something wrong happened. Well, the so the the thing is, is it, uh, he got rid of that server and is uh, upgraded even to a higher technology. And everything is totally seamless now. It's just... And that's the one that I saw a couple weeks ago? Yeah, and it's gotten even better because they've gone in and tweaked it even more. Wow. But now, you know, that's the end That's the end of that run. We're getting ready to uh, put on a new, uh, put on a new uh, tour. Any chance that, uh, like, a surgeon's going to be added? Uh... I'm not going to say anything about <laughs> that. I think when I was, I must have been nine or when I saw that my first one, and uh, I think that must have been the Running With Scissors tour. You guys did uh, Like a Surgeon. Uh, we did the, the Madonna Like a Surgeon one. Right. And, and you, you came out, and, and that was uh, right. incredible. <laughs> well, yeah, that was the end of my musical career and 
luckily before YouTube, though. You know, but he did, uh, he did, uh, there is a legacy that is, uh, that is preserved because we uh, <laughs> did a, uh, we did, uh, um, we did a concert, uh, and filmed a concert for, for DVD. Right. And the weird, and the weirdest thing is that it was in my hometown. Oh, man. <laughs> and so, like, you know, and the thing is, is that this was the Marin Veterans Civic Auditorium, which has, uh, there's a trivia thing that, um, Frampton actually taped, he, uh, recorded Frampton Comes Alive, the famous, the famous, you know, the historic album mm-hmm. at that place. And I saw it and I was there. And <laughs> like a lot of people, you know, millions of people tell Peter, um, I, he told me, uh, they told him, uh, oh yeah, man, I was there. And he's like, oh yeah, that was you, you freak. <laughs> um, and, and so all these millions supposedly saw him, you know, at that concert, but I actually did. So I played in my high school orchestra there. I saw Peter Frampton there. And then when I finally appeared there for real, I was in the Cobra. <laughs> My parents vowed to never come to any concerts anymore. Oh, man. <laughs> they said, all that money for, for classical lessons, and this is what you do? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what, I mean, what can you say? Now, are, are there any songs, um, you know, barring uh, awkward costumes, are there any songs that are, are just difficult to perform uh, from a keyboard standpoint? Well, I mean, the ones that are difficult to perform, um, if they're deemed, the thing is, is that Al is Al is in control. He's in charge, and the thing is, is that with more, you know, um, with more technology comes more power. Right. And he's and he's using it, but the uh, the only drawback is, and I'm sure the uh, fans know by now. Uh, because it doesn't take much, I would think, to realize that if there's an orchestra and a choir <laughs> of like 60 people, you know, if there's yeah. five guitar parts going at the same time, well, it's <laughs> kind, of, kind of impossible for us to be doing it all. Yeah. You know, so the thing is, is that uh, that, that is, of course, a professional secret. But at the same time, it's just gotten—it's just gotten crazy. Yeah, what's well, common? I mean, you know, it's like our favorite songs. I mean, how is anybody going to recreate um, um, something like uh, the Genius in France? Yeah, you know, how do you do that? Yeah, how, how does anybody recreate uh, some of the Queen songs? You know, with those vocals that are so unbelievably perfect. Yeah. Not even Queen could do that. So, yeah, we get a little help. And the thing is, is that if there's something that's really difficult, sometimes I get a little help. So... But uh, all the ones that... uh, All the ones that are are featured piano parts and stuff, mm -hmm. those are my favorite songs to play. (laughs) No, are you... hmm? Oh, sorry, you can go ahead. Oh, I was just saying that they're they're my favorite parts ones to play because uh, Al has uh, matured in his uh, his musicality where he used to want it, everything to sound exactly the same as the record. 
Yeah. Uh, I used to complain to him. I'm always complaining to him about <laughs> stuff like that because the thing is, is that some of the songs that he did, he was he was very young, and he had somebody else. Uh, he had Rick Derringer producing. Right. And I wasn't a fan of the way Derringer was producing the boat and the, the piano parts. Some of them were really cheesy, and the songs were really good. Um, something like uh, "You Don't Love Me Anymore." Uh, that's a great a great song to play on the keyboard, and you can take a lot of liberties with it and still make it sound really good. But he had a really cheesy part on it, and he wanted me to, to uh, recreate that all the time. I finally got sick and, and complained, and he said, okay, um, sounds like I lost Jerry there. No, I'm, I'm still here. I'm, just, okay. I'm listening um, intently. He said, he said it's a, it's, go for it. Uh, play it. Play it the way you like to play it. And so I started doing that, and he started seeing and having confidence in me that uh, let me play it the way I want to play it and right. it sound better. So a lot of those songs, like uh, You Don't Love Me Anymore, the one that Ben Folds played, um, well, Why Does This Always Happen to Me? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that it? Is that it? I forget. I think so. Um, some of those things, and they're, and they're hard. Uh, but uh, I love playing. Are you in it charge was, of playing the uh, the additional tracks, like uh, of the chorus or extra instruments, or is that someone else? Um, we have we have help. You got like an engineer off stage doing them. We have a lot of techs. Oh, really? Around. Yeah. We um, the thing is, is that uh, we used to Al used to actually have more uh, theater people. Uh, people that were more into theater and Broadway plays, mm-hmm. um, uh, being our techs, but it got to the point where they couldn't they couldn't hang because the technology was so demanding, and they they weren't uh, they didn't know how to run servers or computers or this. Right. If something breaks, you know we're doomed. So he's been uh, surrounding himself with uh, real high tech guys, and uh, and so everything is running seamless and. If if I can't do something, then something else is. It's it's not. We don't have one solution like one person uh, pushing a button or this or that. We right. have all sorts of different ways to do stuff, and it's all integrated, and it's too hard to even describe. So, how many people tour? Who? How many people are uh, you know traveling with the tour? I think about thirteen or fourteen. Oh wow! Yeah. So, yeah. is if is it all buses? Is there like ten buses that go around? Oh, there's no need for ten buses. How many buses are, are there? Mostly, it, the band is on one bus, and then the crew is on the other bus. Oh, okay. And uh, Al has been uh, Al has been just living in that bus. <laughs> he's got he's got everything all strewn about, and he's got a studio all set up in there, and he's just constantly oh, wow. working. He works until wow. until he drops, and then he gets some sleep. And it's crazy though; he's like his uh, his voice can't uh, his throat can't take air conditioning, so he, oh, he no. feels off all the vents oh, in, no. in his part of the bus because he's got he's got the major stateroom in the back. He's got the whole half right. back half of the bus for himself. Right, and he shuts off all the stuff, and he lives back there in about a hundred and ten degree heat. Oh my and god! And he doesn't care. He's just oh, like god. like you know. He's Al. He's not like us. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He's the guy that can put his feet behind his head and, you know, 
and went, wow, what's so strange about this? You know? How, but, with with yeah. just two buses, how do you transport everything that is needed, you know? No, there's a, there's a semi, too. We have, we have oh, really? Trucks. Yeah, we have trucks. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So um, Yeah, so we've got trucks, and uh, we've got semis, and we have a, a, a separate truck that uh, brings around all the Al merchandise, because it's amazing to see, see all the fans. They, yeah. Um, they they just eat it all up. <laughs> well, it's all one piece of Al. I think the the main thing is that you know it's not just thrown together merchandise. It's all really cool stuff. It's not just like slap a name on there and sell it. You know, for no. There's bucks. a lot of uh, we our our merch lady uh, lady in charge of it all uh, does a lot of uh, rock festivals and uh, puts them on. You know, uh, yeah. How do I say? Manages. Uh, some major rock festivals, and yet her break, her vacation is to come and work with us, because so she doesn't have as much, uh, you know, responsibility. But she knows all about the merch stuff, and she says that you know all the other bands, all the other acts, just have cheap T-shirts and this right. and that, and charge a bunch of money, and just you know iron on decals and stuff. Right. And and she makes sure that Al stuff uh, is the is the highest quality stuff. So it, it really you know, is. Even though the prices may look, uh, you know, like a little inflated or something at the compared to other table. shows, it's pretty inexpensive to get an Al shirt, especially considering yeah. the quality of it. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it won't, it won't fall apart, you know, after a couple of washings. What am yeah. I now? I sound like a, you know, Betty White uh, <laughs> advertising for GE hot <laughs> dishwasher. <laughs> My God. I'm advertising out stuff. I don't even get a percentage there. Wait a minute. You don't get a percentage right of it? Now. It's not my stuff. That was the boss. He takes, he takes fine care of us. Okay. He takes very good care of us. All right. You know? Yeah. Maybe first class flights, though. That would be nice. <laughs> We've got to go to New York pretty soon to do some stuff, so I could... I could uh, I could do a first class flight. Where are you? Where are you uh, located right now? Am I what? Where are you located oh, right now? I'm in Albany, New York. Yeah, we did a thing in Jimmy Fallon Open for us a long time ago, up there. I've seen you guys every time you've come through since I was nine. So and where was that? It's at the Palace. palace oh, Theater. I know that place. Yep. it's got the really nice big marquee and stuff, and it's yeah. on the corner. Yeah. And the dressing rooms are really old and crappy. You know, <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah, we, we've seen some bad ones. I'm sure. But I'll yeah. tell you, you know, the ones that, what really gets me, though, for your, uh, your interested fans out there, are you really going to use all this? Yeah. Um, for all your interested <laughs> fans out there, the, the part, the thing that I don't like is some of these theaters um, have histories. And as much as some people don't believe it, well, you know, I have an open mind, and uh, so those things, they, they seem to, like, come, come around and, and fool around with me. In other words, some of these places have ghosts. They're haunted. Wow. And, and it might be either ghosts or it might be electrical problems or this or that <laughs> or a little bit of both, because that's how they manifest themselves. Right. Um, there's a place in Pennsylvania called, uh, in Glenside, and it's this little theater, but I was—I've been told. I always had a funny feeling about it. 
and then I was told that there's like there's like a guy upstairs, you know, who likes to play with the band. And I'm talking about where you're playing and suddenly your programs start changing. Hmm. And things like that. That's and weird. that happened that happened to us the last time we were there and oh, wow. really shut down the server. Oh, that's weird. And just I mean just and I went to uh, look at a program that goes from 1 to 1 127. You know, that's the that's the range. Oh, okay. So I think okay. Yeah, it's like a MIDI thing. It's a musical thing, a musical technological thing. And the range goes from 1 to 127. The the amount that it was that was allotted was minus 5043. Oh my god. You can't enter a negative number yeah. into this stuff. There's wow. no way. You can't spin the knob the opposite direction. It goes into minus numbers. It doesn't do that. Why does That's it even... How, how can it even display a negative number, though? It just did. <laughs> okay. It just did. It was a minus... Well, you know, it's, I guess it's set up to show a minus, but even though a minus is not relevant or pertinent or yeah. applicable in this case, but there it was. Wow. It might as well show the happy face. You know, wow, that's creepy. On, on, on my LED screen, I'm like, what the? <laughs> and it happens every time we go there. Just that place? Just, well, I mean, there's other places that have history too, but this place is really strong. And he went in wow. and shut down the server, and, and uh, Al said, well, that's it. And he, and he went and got uh, a new, the new technology. Oh, okay. So what else do you want to know? As you can <clears> see, I'm not... I'm not uh, I'm not sure about these. <laughs> no, yeah, I uh, I think we have to do another interview sometime because uh, there's a lot I want to ask you, and uh, we're having some good conversation. At least I think we are. I don't know if you're bored. Well, I'm having a great time. I'm okay. just uh, I'm just uh, I was worried about saying too much. You know, <laughs> if the album, if you're saying too much, album, I'll, I'll interrupt you. Well, I mean, like the album's coming out, and people want to know this and that about that, and I'm like, I don't know. What's the main <laughs> question people are asking you right now about the new album? Um, like, what's the first single, stuff like that. Do you know what the first single is? Yeah, it's whatever you like. Oh, okay. No comment. <laughs> well, it is, right? Because that was the first song to come out. Oh. Do you disagree not, with me? I'm not saying it. Well, you know, Born This Way is the first single. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, what's this about? What did you say? What is it? What'd you say? Did I get it wrong? Is it performed what this way? You, I've well, never, did let, you hear let, about that? What, what is that about? <laughs> let me just... What is, the, what is the Al song? I've never heard the Lady Gaga version, so I'm very confused right now. All right. Well, see, performed. what I'm doing is I'm, make, I'm making you say it, not me, so I don't get in trouble. I'm presenting it in a way so that you actually say it and, and not me, like what it might be. Is it? It's performed this way, right? Um, I won't say no. What's the Lady Gaga song? What's the the Lady Gaga song? Uh, she has a hit out that's called "Born This Way." Okay, yeah. So I, I did misspeak. You got oh, me all okay. confused. But here. I didn't know that anybody might have uh, known anything about anything that had to do with Lady Gaga now. Ruben. Yes. So, so, you know, obviously that's going to be the promoted big single, but I, I, I would disagree if someone said that that was the single because 
whatever you like came out like t- two or three years ago? Well, I've seen what uh, is going to be presented when uh, the album hits, and I've got to say that uh, I am... Uh, you know, the thing is, is that you've got... Uh, and I don't discuss this with Al because it seems like it would be a sensitive thing, but he's actually pretty cool about it. Uh, but I'm, I'm talking about the fact that people like Andy Sandberg and all the Saturday Night Live people are coming up with these uh, digital shorts, basically videos, every week, and they're going viral. Right. And I'm thinking, you know, wow, Al, you know, that's got to be kind of tough because they're always coming out with something. And I haven't really said anything about it. He, we did mention something, and he said that uh, Andy Samberg's been, like, really nice, nothing but nice to him and, you know, a big fan. And uh, But the thing is, when Al comes out and shows the new video, Nobody's going to be talking about Andy Samberg stuff, any of the Saturday Night Live. Nobody's going to remember that stuff. It's I've that seen, good of a video. I, I've seen what's uh, what's being readied. It's it's been a long process, but it's it's pretty amazing. I'm really excited. It's pretty amazing. I think uh, is Lady Gaga in it. I'm not saying anything. Okay. I'm just saying it's pretty amazing. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, in other words, it's like, okay, well, I've been sitting back and I haven't been putting out anything, but I've been waiting, and now here it is. If you want to spill the beans, I will keep this interview, and I won't... Um, no, no, I can't. I no, 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 I won't, I won't uh, air it until after the CD comes out. Uh, no, I'm still not going to talk about it. Okay. But uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say it's, it's, it's amazing. And okay. you know what? Anybody that uh, doesn't think that it's amazing is just, you know, one of those people with... Uh, on their shoulder. So do you like, think, uh, is the video going to be like how White and Nerdy just completely skyrocketed the second it came out? Is it going to be I like had, that? You know, I, ha- I didn't know about, uh, I had no idea that White and Nerdy was going to do that because the thing is, I mean, I'm sorry to say, but uh, I listen to classical and I listen right. to jazz and, and uh, you know, and some salsa and stuff like that. I don't keep up with the latest trends and this and that. I didn't know who Chameleon Air was. I didn't know the song. And then when Alston came out, it just blew. And I had no idea that it would. You know, I thought it was going to be like another, you know, whatever you like, or Skipper Dan, or just anything that he right. released. You know, which is good, but I didn't know that it was going to be completely viral. But seeing the video, seeing what he's uh, been working on with um, the, the new thing, the new hit, which I still haven't said. You can't um, say performance way. It's it's available on iTunes. You, you can't talk about it. Well, I, I won't talk about what the video is, though. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I what what is pattern after? But I think you're getting my gist. Um, once people see that, it's I would think just because I think it would bring videos back. You think? Wow. You know? Yeah. MTV because, will you know, have I to start showing them again. I've been waiting, you know, it's, even though I hated videos back then, and then you get used to them, you know, back in the 80s, uh, I kind of miss it now. I don't think any music video compares to any Weird Al music video. They're just the funniest, most interesting videos to watch. Well, yeah, his thing is is that, uh, you know, Al, Al's this guy who's uh, totally, uh, in, he, he directs everything, he controls everything. Right. 
And it's like it took me a long time to actually figure out that my input was not required, you know, because I was used to going in and being the star of the show wherever I was, you know, whatever group I was, and, and you know, having ideas that would, you know, make a song really good. Yeah. And I was used to that. And then when I started saying, you know, seeing something was, like, not right in rehearsal, I would, like, speak up and say, don't you want to do? And then everybody would look at me and go, dude, this is not... It's not your dick. <laughs> <laughs> this is you're you're supporting Al. If Al wants it this way, that's right. And and so the thing is, what I'm saying is that uh, he's in control, and he had other people producing his albums before, and he would sit there and watch them. Right. And he learned what to do, and then he got rid of them, and he started <laughs> producing. And then the same way with the videos, he started watching the video. You know, the director, mm-hmm. seeing the way he did it, and he goes, okay, great, now I know, and he got rid of the directors. So he does he does it all, you know. And so, in other words, he's got carte blanche, he's got the power to be able to call all the shots. Yeah. And so he's able to see, and this is what happened, this is what the problem was with the uh, Saturday morning show. Right, okay. there's so many restrictions from the network. Well, it's not just the restriction. Well, but there were also there were also the powers that be, you know, the Dick Clark people that came in and said, "Listen, you got to uh, this is all fine and well, but you got to also have the, uh, you know, the broccoli part of the right. show. You know, right. all the the nutritious stuff, all the good stuff. Be good to your neighbors and all that kind of. And the thing is, is that it wasn't about that, and that's right. why the show did not last because nobody wanted to see Al be you know, like, regular guy. Right. Like, and do regular programming. They wanted to see Weird Al be Weird Al. And the stuff that I got to see um, that wasn't used was great. Why did did they put it on the DVD? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I would buy just a special features DVD of that show to see all that stuff. Yeah, it was great. But but at the the same time, I think... uh, once they started like putting restrictions on him, it might have, uh, you know, hampered his yeah. uh, his uh, let's see, creative processes. It might have, you know, put a bit of a muzzle on him, and so he he might have had an inkling of, you know, some crazy thing to do. But then he came out and just shut it down. Right. And, and so that's really sad because it could have been really, really, really great. Yeah. And you know, even with what we do have, it still is really great. It's not. A crap show. I still really well, enjoy it. The thing is, is that I've heard that uh, Pee Wee Herman's uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse, which was on Broadway, and uh, I think there was a HBO or Showtime special or something. Yeah, that was like way more amazing than you know TV would have allowed. Yeah, and uh, it's cool to see Pee Wee come back and do something like that because it was like tons of innuendo, a lot of adult material mm-hmm. going on. Um. And uh, it'd be nice. To, uh, I don't know. TV, network TV. No, and Al, network TV is too, too closed. Wouldn't be able to allow Al to do what he did. Yeah, what he does. Yeah. Anyway, I'm having a great time talking to you. Ruben, Let's keep talking. What Ruben. do you want to know? I'm thinking we should uh, we should do another interview sometime because uh, I think we've already been talking for like 40 minutes. <laughs> See, usually the guest is the one that wants to go, and now this time the host is actually saying, uh... I don't, I don't want to <laughs> you gotta, go. You've got to 
code. I feel that there's you're so easy to talk to, and and like I've only asked you like four questions. Um, I j- I want to have you on again. I want I want there to be more for us to talk about. If you if you'd be up for that. Like I said, my my only problem is 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 telling too much, so I have to always watch myself. I don't know how you can tell too much. Then we can talk about all our wonderful fans. <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll find one more uh, one more question. Oh, I, you know, I want to hear about your side projects. Uh, how can we how can we check that stuff out? Uh, my side projects. Uh, let's see. I uh, put out my CD, which will show you that uh, my my music is nothing like Al's. Right. And um, I was very very happy with uh, a lot of the stuff. Uh, I think. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a terrible salesman because the stuff is, is my stuff, comes from my heart. I feel like an idiot trying to tell people, hey, this is great, you should listen to it. It's just like all I'm saying is uh, just preview it, see if, you, see if you like it. I know you will. Um, adults like it. People that don't like Al, they like it. People that like <laughs> Al, they like it. I'm doing everything from R&B to salsa to some jazz to rock, to, to all sorts of stuff. Um, you can go to rubenvaltiera.net. .net? That's R-U-B-E-N-V-A-L-T-I-E-R-R-A dot net. Why not dot com? Someone else uh, has some, it? Because somebody went and grabbed it uh, <laughs> before I got a chance they want like a thousand dollars for me for me to you know, be able to own it. It's like give me a break. Oh man, you know? that was like a long time ago. I wish that person would go away. Do they still have it? Yeah, they, they do. I don't know how much it would cost, but there's so many other ways to get a hold of me. Either like through oh, yeah. Facebook. You Google your name, and your website's going to come up. It's almost like you don't Google even need my, to know your URLs anymore. You know. Google my name, and you see me wearing things I don't want to be wearing. <laughs> but uh, but uh, my project is called the Valtiera Latin Orchestra. And, the Velo uh, is it called Velo? Yeah, it's, it's Velo, or uh, that's what I usually call it for sure. But it's the Valtiera Latin Orchestra. You find it on iTunes, and kind of stuff that I think a fan could give their parents, and their parents would go, "This is great." <laughs> You know, this guy plays with Weird Al. Are you kidding? I need. Oh, that's to the funny thing. I I I, uh, I put it. Uh, uh, some some uh, DJ on a Latin station was saying, "This is by blah blah blah," and this was by blah blah blah, and this is by Ruben Valtier and the Latin Orc and the Valtier Latin Orchestra. My God, can you believe this guy plays with Weird Al? Who'd have thought? <laughs> he he said that completely. I'm like, oh my God. People are so. Uh... But, so when uh, when we're off the road, um, I have the opportunity to, to be able to uh, sit in the studio and make up, uh, you know, create songs, and then I go and I, pre- I I go and record them with uh, like the finest people, the finest uh, Latin jazz musicians on the planet, the guys that played with Santana, uh, Tito Puente, wow. uh, on and on, all those guys, and uh, they're all friends of mine. That's great. And so uh, we've got an album on iTunes. We can check it out. What's the album called? It's called uh, Valtier Latin Orchestra. It's called, or else you can uh, just uh, type in VLO. Okay. 
Well, and uh, we're proud of it. I, I listen to but, some of it. It's not, you know, I, I don't normally listen to stuff like that, but I appreciated it. I thought it was good. Did you Did you hear it? Really? Yeah, there was like, uh, uh, you know, 30-second samples on iTunes. Right. Some of those iTunes samples, they're, they're kind of crazy. I mean, they, some of them go almost as long as the song. I think, yeah, I think one of them was like a minute and a half long. I know, that it seems to be happening more. It's like, fine with me, because it's like, sometimes they cut it off right at the good part. Right. And no, 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 you, you need to buy. <laughs> Please. Anyway, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, Ruben, I, I, uh, I'm still uncomfortable saying your name, because I feel like I'm going to say it uh, incorrectly. You've, you've but You've been saying it perfectly. Ruben? Yes. I feel like I'm, it, I'm saying it too long, you know? Nope. I, I'm saying it correctly? Okay. Well, Ruben, don't, I, don't, I... Don't say Ruben. Right. It's like, it's like saying, hey, Ben. Ruben. Ruben. No, that doesn't even, doesn't even make sense. Well... The accent. The accent's on the second side. Oh, I forgot ben. to put the accent on my, my paper. Where's the accent go? On the E? Yeah. Which way is it faced? To the right or the left? It opens up. No, wait a minute. Goes straight up? Starts small and goes... Goes small and then goes ends up up. Does that make any sense? No. So wait. Yeah. So like the top of the accent does that face the N or does it face the R? Yeah, that faces okay. the N. All right. Well, my sheet that no one else is ever going to see is now Didn't correct. Did you take Spanish in in high school? I took French and I forgot it all. Ah, oui. Yeah. Je parle un peu de français. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you don't even re- you don't even remember that? I have Shame no on idea. You. I, see if we play. I know. That's please, yeah. <laughs> Ruben. I really appreciate you calling. I, I will you do another one? Sure. Okay. Excellent. Great. I'm, I'm sure your fans are probably going to write in a bunch of hate mail now, but you know. Oh well. Hey, mail's mail. You know. You know, hate mail demanding that I never come back. <laughs> well, uh, I'm the judge. I'm. Uh, it's a. It's my show. I'll. I want you to come back. So even if I get uh, uh, death threats, I'd still like you to come back. There is no way that you're going to use 40 minutes of this material. 45 minutes. <laughs> no, I will. I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll play part of it and, and put the rest online. My show's okay. only two hours each week, so I don't have oh, okay. too much time. Well, hopefully I was as amusing as Jim West. <laughs> you were. Uh, I've I've uh, hopes so. at the time of this recording. I've interviewed. Uh, John and Jim so far, and they were both really great. So, well, they're the best. Uh, Steve is—you uh, can probably catch him the next time the mothership uh, <laughs> comes comes by this part of the galaxy. But uh, you know, he's a sweet guy too. I'll um, talk to you soon. Yeah, and uh, you know, hopefully you come near Albany, and I'll uh, get to say hi to you. Uh, yes, please, please come by. All, All right. right. Thank you very much, Ruben Valtiera. Yeah? That's me. All right. See you later, fans. (laughs) See ya. Bye. Bye. That was Ruben Valtiera, and uh, he's the keyboardist for Weird Al. Uh, Really great guy. That was a lot of fun. I uh, look forward to having him on again. So uh, you can also check out uh, the Valtiera Latin Orchestra, or VLO, V-L-O. Check them out on iTunes. They've got websites, uh, all that good stuff. Oh, Ethan, that was such a great interview. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. But I do have a question for you. Who is this Dan Rossi? 
yeah, Dan Rossi, back when I was in college doing stand-up and doing open mics and stuff, there was this guy, local comedian, Dan Rossi. Yeah, but you did say he was the biggest Weird Al fan that you know when he has tattoos of Weird Al in the band. How come I haven't heard of him before? Hmm. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I was thinking of this guy, Dave Rossi, and I maybe said Dan's name by accident. Well, that makes a lot more sense, but how could you make such a mistake like that? Well, Dave, give me a break. This was eight years ago, and it was obviously Intern Frank's fault. Oh, say no more. Of course it was Intern Frank's fault. Totally makes sense. Intern Frank, you're an idiot. Yes. And for whatever reason, I do want to also point out that Ruben did not correct me. He just went along with the questioning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So anyway, back to why I brought up Dan Rossi. You know, I obviously was supposed to say Dave Rossi, but Frank messed me up. You know, I was asking Ruben if he was offended that this fan who has all of Weird Al's band tattooed on him, if he was offended that there was no Ruben tattoo. Yeah, so that's actually an interesting story. Ruben and I have talked about that in the past before, and Ruben's not incorrect in saying that he did deny me a tattoo, but I don't know that I've ever straight out asked him directly about getting a tattoo. (laughs) Well, I mean, so for people who are not familiar with your tattoos and where they're placed, you have a portrait and a signature of Al, Bermuda, Jim, and Steve on your lower legs. Now, if you did get a Ruben tattoo, where would you get it? Well, I mean, there's only one place that you can put a Ruben tattoo. And Ruben was right. He would not be in a family-friendly place. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's good enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ethan, that was a lot of fun getting to listen to one of your old interviews. I think we should absolutely do that again sometime. Yeah, I think that would be great. You know, I have another one with Ruben. I have ones with the other guys in the band. I even have a Dr. Demento interview, so... It would be really fun to get to play more of those at a later date. Looking forward to it. Oh, hey, Dave, I have an idea for a secret episode. Oh, yeah? What were you thinking? What if on the secret episode we discuss in great detail each TikTok video of Sebastian Shepard, a.k.a. David Grant, a.k.a. Dave Grant, a.k.a. Stella's fiance, a.k.a. Sheepdog, a.k.a. Paul Squall, a.k.a. Wolf and Wool, a.k.a. MC Chalkskin, a.k.a. at SCB underscore SHEP. Wow, that sounds like something Sebastian Shepard, a.k.a. David Grant, a.k.a. Dave Grant, a.k.a. Stella's fiance, a.k.a. Sheepdog, a.k.a. Paul Squall, a.k.a. Wolf and Wool, a.k.a. MC Chalkskin, a.k.a. at SEB underscore SHEP would absolutely love and everyone else would probably totally hate it. Totally hate it? But why? Because they have already subscribed and are obsessively following everything Sebastian Shepard, a.k.a. David Grant, a.k.a. Dave Grant, a.k.a. Stella's fiance, a.k.a. Sheepdog, a.k.a. Paul Squall, a.k.a. Wolf and Wool, a.k.a. MC Chalkskin, a.k.a. at SEB underscore SHEP posts. Everything Sebastian Shepard, a.k.a. David Grant, a.k.a. Dave Grant, a.k.a. Stella's fiance, a.k.a. Sheepdog, a.k.a. Paul Squall, a.k.a. Wolf and Wool, a.k.a. MC Chalkskin, a.k.a. at SEB underscore SAGP is fascinating. Well, I agree with that. So head right on over to wolfandwool.com and then follow at SEB underscore SHEP on TikTok. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota beautiful, it's also fishy. 
Darwin, Minnesota is home to Fuyu Outdoors. Fuyu Outdoors designs and manufactures high-quality, well-engineered, and rugged UTV accessories. Fuyu Outdoors carries UTV toppers, UTV topper accessories, and UTV fish houses. Oh yeah! Remote-controlled motorized UTV fish houses! That sounds like a lot of fun, Dave! Oh, we should totally get one of those for the podcast. I think that is a really great idea. Then we can put our idiot intern Frank in it and send it somewhere far, far away. I know, right? And it says here that the Can-Am Defender motorized fish house will make you the envy of 10,000 or more lakes. Wow, 10,000 or more lakes. I don't even think I know 10,000 lakes. If I tried hard enough, I think I could name maybe like six... So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next motorized fish house expedition. Discover Darwin, more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Each and every week we are able to bring you our podcast absolutely free thanks to our sponsors Burrito Burrito, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, David Grant at wolfandwool.com, and Angel Valenzuela and David Cash. And thanks to our amazing close personal friend, Patreon supporters, Javier, UH Jeff, Zeb, Allison, Scott, Blair, Adriana, Frank from the Bank, Kenneth, Jared, and Jake. And thanks to William and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our family-friendly weekly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch or by picking up some pretty stinking majestic official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast merchandise, such as our line of Gill and Chill products and our brand new line of Discover Darwin products over at shop.2000inch.com. And it's a brand new month, so you know what that means. It's time for Bermuda to do a drum roll for us to announce the Patreon raffle winner. Congratulations to November raffle winner, Tom Dog. They win an official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirt, or equivalent, from our merchandise shop at shop.2000inch.com. If you want to get in on the December Patreon raffle, along with all the other great perks of being in our Patreon family, be sure to join this month over at patreon.com slash 2000inch. Or you can just continue being a cheapskate. We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans. Join our Facebook community and post about Weird Al by visiting group.2000inch.com. And we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347 Spatula. You might even hear your message on a future episode. The 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, is sponsored by Angel Valenzuela and David Cash, two amazing Weird Al fans and longtime podcast supporters. For everything about our podcast, including incredible past episodes and guests, be sure to visit weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com. And keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And a big thank you for subscribing and leaving reviews on your favorite podcast app. Thank you once again to our guest, Ruben Valtierra. And thank you to John Bermuda Schwartz, Joe Krause, Bruce Triggs, and especially thanks to me, 
as well as Alternative to Sleeping with Ethan Allman, WCDB 90.9 FM, and Comedy Pipe Radio. Thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible podcast theme song, and thank you to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thanks to all of you, our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, and until next time, remember to gill and chill. Well, so Dave, we know what I was doing in June 2011. What were you up to? Oh, you know, the usual. Making a colored tapestry for my belly button lint. That was Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al Podcast, episode 135 inch. Seriously, who is this Dan Rossi guy? I've seen the tattoos, and I can only guess that there's only space for one more, and I think <laughs> I know where it is. <laughs>